Welcome to Through the Wire. Through the Wire. Let's get it, y'all. I think that we like the last pod to like react to the trade. They say the best for last, though. That's all that Is that true? I, no, not an incident. No, no. It's probably best if we probably got it out like immediately, but you know, but like, they still it, waiting. I, it. I feel like that. I feel like for this trade, it was a little overrated to like rush out. I mean, I did on my YouTube, but mm-hmm. this is something we all knew. People, you know what I'm saying? He still hasn't played yet, which I. I was thinking about that earlier when I brushed my teeth, like when I was brushing my teeth, like trade, all this COVID stuff, the trades might be a little bit more harder to do too. Like I wouldn't be surprised at some point they say like, if you get traded, you have to go into like a seven to 10 day quarantine just to be sure. Because like if Bradley Peel just got traded to the Nuggets today, he's his right <laughs> six teammates or I don't know if he's one of the six people, but six wizard players have coronavirus. So I think it may be smart to just say, hey, you trade a player, he has to just go automatically into quarantine because he's going to go from one locker room to another one. So let's just um, be careful. If that's the main goal, which is what they've been saying, let's just be another thing I wanted to address too, not to go all over the place, is they put out this stuff that they wanted to change because of coronavirus and no player is following it. I still watch games and as soon as the game is over, hey bro, good game, come and get the hug. Yeah, boy, we gonna, it is just like, <laughs> I know the players are used to that, but even yesterday at a game, a fan was going to get the ball and they had to tell us that's no, don't you go get that ball. We got it, don't get the ball. Hmm. So that's, I don't even know why he would attempt to do that. Like that's just, you know, you're wrong. I think it was like at a jazz game. If they even sat down and had all those rules, why are they still having Rockets fans courtside? Facts. <laughs> Through all those conversations, they never thought, uh, maybe we shouldn't have fans courtside to Rockets games. I don't know why they ever had fans courtside. The Grizzlies had court. Uh, I know that one girl is a Grizzly fan. I saw on Twitter because of B-Souls and them had her on there. And she was courtside at a Grizzlies game. So I guess they can have courtside people too. Yeah, Deshaun Watson was at the um, Grizzlies game. I mean, not Grizzlies. Um, Lakers versus Rockets. Yeah. yeah. Weird. <laughs> How's everybody doing today, though? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, my team is the best team in basketball right now. So I'm definitely but feeling you, good. Cheesing. You all happy. It, it's nice, especially when you see other stuff going around the leagues, other teams not doing so well, other teams blowing leads. It's nice to have Fuck a team. You, dude. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. I'm just joking, but no, nah, I'm doing good though. I'm doing good. Y'all lucky y'all got a great leader then. Everybody following the rules, everybody staying healthy in LA. So you saying y'all it look like you're a Lakers fan right now. Hey, I ain't wearing the shirt for no reason. <laughs> uh damn bandwagon. That, that man Yusuf Nuggets got out of injury and Derry said, forget my trailblazers. I'm I'm good. I couldn't even be a Lakers fan. I don't think that's in me. But uh it is me, a little hurt seeing Nurkic go down. Um, let me check y'all's schedule. He might have went down because Jonas Valanciunas may be coming up on that schedule. <laughs> it was very weird. He swiped at the ball, tried to strip it, and broke they his do, They do got a back-to-back against Memphis coming up next week. So. Oh, oh, yes, they do. Mm. Whew, he dodged that one. Uh, he dodged a lot in these eight weeks. He dodged in a post-it, too, because Josh probably going to be back, too. You know he jumping at the room. Yeah. All right, let's it's unfortunate. Let's, Let's get the people what they came here for. Well, you know, you know what segment we gotta oh, do first, right? We yeah. always wait to do it when you want to get into your segment. Right. <laughs> uh, best comment goes to Mark Heinstein. Pierre calling out somebody for being dumb has become my favorite segment every episode, and he puts LMAO. What I'm doing? You you just always be calling somebody yo, and I be I be thinking it's funny too. But I don't think he's done that in a while. We don't really say that much dumb stuff the way he's like, that's just stupid as hell. Yeah, y'all not he's not even just talking about us. It's like something like the stuff that happened with like the Shaq episode, the Shaq was just being oh extra stuff like that. He always be calling somebody out, but no, yeah. you you do you be sure saying Huh? You sure about that? What have we said recently that was so bad? You said Steph Curry is as good as his teammates. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to bring it back up. <laughs> <laughs> And then worst comment, and this this the name just made me laugh. But dude's name is Super Mega Foxy Awesome Hot. Nice. He said he said teams with not enough players should get L's. It's on the players to keep their bubbles clean. 
just like any other business. That's stupid. That's just stupid. He says that until his team is hurt by it, and then it's a problem. But I mean, it it's not like they're just going out to the clubs as a, as a full team roster and everybody's getting sick. I mean, you can be as safe as as humanly possible and still end up with this with the thing because you it's hard to track. I mean, they still are going through hotels. They still are traveling. They're still interacting with other people. That's just that's just stupid. So good job of picking the worst comment of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I deserved it. I'm about to stick my middle finger up at him. Hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Uh, bro, I got to say, this is another comment. He he might have even been going oh. for worst comment. But dude says, get, I'm not even going to say his name. I'm not going to give him credit. He says, get off Kyrie's back. How is it that bad he went to his sister and dad's birthday party? You guys are acting like he's a piece of property that belongs to the Knicks. And then he puts some mad. The Knicks? That's what I was like, bro. You just had to be done shit in there. Because that was the worst comment I've ever seen in a, in a That's minute. That's stupid. Y'all That's ever stupid. seen a kid do this? What? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that that's my new thing. When somebody says something stupid like that comment, I'm gonna just be like, that, um, let's let's get the people what they want." Finally, um, mm-hmm. I don't know Mike and Derek's opinion. P dropped the video. I dropped the video. We basically had the biggest trade, the biggest name being traded since Anthony Davis the other day, James Harden. Brooklyn Nets, y'all know the details. It's been out for like four or five days. I want to hear Derek's opinion about it first before we transition to Mike. Because me and Mike have kind of talked about it over the past couple of days, but I haven't really talked to Derek. Uh, so the Nets, I love it. Uh, they went win now. Uh, they did not give up Joe Harris. Uh, I felt like that was a big piece for their team. They kind of need that guy that's going to do the dirty work, shoot the ball, provide spacing for the rest of the guys. And I just think that those three guys, they kind of want to end that narrative of, they can't play together. They it's not enough ball for all of them. I feel like all of them have the abilities to play without the ball. It's just will they do it? I believe so because they want to win a championship. I think all of them had that same goal. That's kind of why James Harden wanted to go there. Um, so I, I think they're gonna really come out, dominate the East. They're not a team that legit beat in the East, so it's scary. I wouldn't want to go against that team in the East. <laughs> uh, I mean. Honestly, my 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 initial thoughts was just like, oh, like it, it wasn't as like the biggest thing to me. You know, we we knew James Harden would get traded. We were talking about it wasn't going to be the Nets because they were like, it was kind of dimmer down because you know James Harden and the Rockets. They said that he felt confident he was going to stay, but once that went through, and you know, we seen the little like the interview where he's just like, I don't, I don't think we could beat LA in a seven game series and everything, and everything started breaking down. I knew he was going to get traded, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I thought it was going to be Philly. I thought it would have been a little bit more interesting. The Nets, it's going to be tough for the Nets. And the reason why I was just like, okay, it, the trade is all right is just because I think it's going to be super hard for that team to just be as good as just the names on that team. So obviously they have the biggest talent. They're still going to have holes. They're still going to need depth, right? I, I told KB this, too. they're still going to need ball movement. I don't care if you have the three greatest ISO players at the end of the day, it's just going to be easier to guard them when you have all eyes on them. We know that when the ball is moving, it's harder to guard everybody. But me, and this is what me and P talked about. When you make this trade now, you, you put yourself, you have to make the finals. No, 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 no. Fuck that. You have to win. Yeah. They gave up seven years worth for draft picks. Right. You have to win at least one ring in three years or this trade was an L. Get into the finals three years in a row don't mean anything right now. That's it, true, KB. But they, they do have to make the finals. Well, well like, the good thing is they, got, they, they do have a couple make... years, right? They do have a couple years to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I get into the finals, like, it is the first step, for sure. Right. Because, like, a, it... me and Mike's conversation in that was just, like, imagine if they didn't make the finals this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that, was... that's that's a little big. Yeah. But that's not even just picking on that. I would have felt the same way about Philly, too, if they just picked up James Harden. Especially yeah. after Darren Moore, he was just, like, it, a lot of this, like, preseason – he was like, uh, they were asking him, will you will you make these trades if this just makes your team better? And obviously it's the political answer, but he was like, you know what? I want I, I think we have the talent with this team. I want to see if we could do it with these guys type thing. So if they did trade him, it was automatically, you have to go win a championship or you're just kind of looking like, you know, a jackass at the end of the day. I think we got to keep every team on the same pedestal too, because they had that, that requirement for LeBron and AD. Uh, we've seen how we clowned the Clippers all last season. And they only, those teams that I just mentioned only have two guys. This is now a team that has three, three. It's been a while since we've seen a legitimate three. Like Clay, Steph, and KD was a nice three, but Clay has never individually been on 
the plateau of these guys that they all have in Brooklyn, as much as of a, a fit he is mm-hmm. um, next to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, my reaction to the trade was, damn, the Nets are uh, finessers. You know, I mean, not even just the Nets, but like the Rockets are stupid. Really? I can't believe how bad of a trade this was for them. Um, what makes you say that? Because when I look at other trades, like Paul George and his trade, they got draft capital, but they also got a guy like Shea Gilgis Alexander. So for me, I'm never going to I'm never going to value picks so much that I don't have to get anything concrete back. Because at the end of the day, picks picks are just picks. I, some people overvalue value them, but at the end of the day, it's a pick. It doesn't guarantee anything. So to get something, I like to get something excuse me concrete back because it's already something that's there. A pick, I don't care if you have 20 picks of them, it's still a pick that cannot guarantee anything. You still have to hit on that pick. Right. But the Thunder was able to get a bright spot on like a Shea Gilders Alexander. But for the Rockets to get the picks, which we all know are that, that's that's a solid return. But also you got Exum, you got Kurox, you got Victor Oladipo, who isn't gonna be there, and then you let the Indiana Pacers take an expiring contract of a player that probably didn't want to be there or wasn't going to come back and get Karis LeVert. The the Cleveland Cavaliers came in and swooped in and got Torrey and Prince and Jared Allen. Like Those teams won a lot to me. I, I just feel like the Rockets, I would have been a lot more happier if they were able to get those picks and a concrete pay, player like Karis LeVert. And it's like, boom, you got a player who's already established some type of footing in the NBA, similar to how Shea was, and then on top of that, you have the picks too. So it's like, damn, we moving, we moving. Now you got Oladipo, which they still can do something with him. So I give them that. He can be, he can still be flipped at the deadline or something. But it's like, I need a concrete return when it's James Harden. Like we're talking about one of the greatest, I don't care how people feel about him. This is one of the greatest scores to ever step foot on an NBA court. And all you got back really was picks that you're still going to have to draft well with. It's not like, and these aren't going to be picks where they're like top of the draft. We don't know where these picks are going to be. Right. The, the real value of the picks are when you get to 2025 to 2027, because that's when. Hopefully. Hopefully. You don't know if they're going to resign. Right. Hopefully. But I, I see what you're saying. Um, I, don't, I don't completely agree, because I think when you think about where Houston was, right, when Daryl Moore was a general manager, he traded every fucking pick that they had. They didn't have any picks for the next, like, five years. They had, like, a couple worse swaps, you know, to end up being 20-something like that. So the, the reason – I'm not saying that I love the trade for them, but the reason they did it is because they literally didn't have any picks. And now they can go back to, like, a normal team with normal draft capital that anybody could use. I, I doubt that they use – all seven of those picks. They can use those pitch packages them up for another player or something like that, you know? So I understand what you're saying for getting that, that concrete guy, but you also have to remember that this is a team that that's super capped out with all the money they have in John Wall and, and Eric Gordon, 17 million, P.J. Tucker, all of these guys. They're trying to get it, and Victor Lipo will be a free agent this offseason. Again, you said they might flip him at the deadline. They might just let him walk, whatever it may be. They're just opening up their flexibility long term, and I think that's what they've wanted to do. You think about the Russell Westbrook trade, they don't just do that because they want John Wall. They did it because they got an extra first-round pick out of it. So I, I think I – mean, I understand what you're saying when they have to hit these picks, and that's the end goal of everything. But, I like, they just went from zero tr- draft capital when Daryl Morey stepped down to, like, ten first-round picks. There's there's a lot of value there. It's a lot of value there. And, and then, again, they didn't have that much leverage. We don't even know if the Ben Simmons shit was really real. Right, they could have been reports thrown out there from Houston to try to get more stuff from it. So we don't know what the offers were for James Harden. Well, I'm going to assume that it was real because it it was declined. So when something is declined, I have to assume that it's real. And if you have a chance to get Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and maybe not as many picks, I think that's a good concrete return. Mm-hmm. Versus the report is that they asked for Matisse Thybul. And then also with Miami, that the, the Miami thing, I don't know if it was real. What they said, they got declined too, so that might have to have some legs to it. You wanted a, It just seemed like the other teams that were involved, they wanted a lot more. And then in this trade, they really didn't get shit but the picks. So, like, I, yeah, there is some value to picks, but I'm never going to be a person that's going to overvalue picks, especially when you can get a little bit of both. That's why I really like the Thunders trade. They got draft capital, and they also got a concrete guy. You can get both. It hasn't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And a part of that is their fault for waiting so damn long, like you said. Yeah, even with the Ben Simmons trade, 
you you should want more for James Harden. Sure, I can't I can't be mad at them for wanting Matisse Thybulle in that trade, but it's like you said, you don't you you don't have as much leverage as you could have. And I think it's because they tried to drag this out into the season. They let him go out there and be out of shape. They let it be to where Boogie and John Wall is at the podium, basically indirectly speaking about him. They dragged it to where he was on the podium, basically saying, "I it's not. I've done everything that I can do. I basically don't want to be here." If you, as soon as he don't report to training camp, or as soon as you get rid of Maury and D'Antoni, and you know he feels a way about it, if y'all can just make this happen, then I, you maybe got something a lot bigger, better. Um, you know, and, and it could have been. I, I still just don't like it for for James for you to be trading James Hard. Like, mm-hmm. I, it's not the worst trade in the world, but it's it's, it's also not one of the best. It's kind of disappointing. If I was a Rocket fan, I'd be mad. Because a lot of shit you're saying was going to happen regardless. Like, flexibility was going to come. John Wall has this year and next year. Like, they're going to be flexible. They're not They're not going to win anything anytime soon. They'll, they'll, flexibility is going to come in the next year and a half. P.J. Tucker, expiring deal. Uh, Eric Gordon, he's like with three more years on his deal. So, in the near future, they're going to get their shit back by 2025 regardless. Regardless, the flexibility was coming. So there's no need to rush. Ain't nobody walking through that damn door no time soon. Just to keep it a buck. Hello? One of my two other co-hosts? Yeah, I know. It's just me and KB. KB just talked about it for 10 minutes. We're like, hello. I was waiting on Derek. What I want to know from y'all, like KB was saying, is the other parts of the trade. Y'all only spoke on like the Nets. What well, about No, well, I'm going to say one more thing about the Nets too. And for one, I always look, that center spot's going to be rough with DeAndre Jordan just being the only really guy. Yeah, they have Nick. It's not a good NBA player anymore. <laughs> Damn, at all? The man was I mean, he, 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 he coaches decisions, bro. He, he going to grab playing. some boards out there. Yeah. They were rolling Jeff Green out there at the small ball five and I then mean, they had. He will be for serviceable the, enough. But it's just like they could they need a lot of help there. Me and me and Mike were talking about it. Like we're gonna see a lot of Kevin Durant or Jeff Green at the center position mm-hmm. this season. Mm-hmm. And, and hopefully the buyout market works for them well because that, that's that's a possibility. Right. Um I think the the Indiana Pacers are just a uh, absolute winner. You know, we're getting care of Silver and once they do, I mean you're getting a dude that was very similar to to Ola Depot, but I think this this guy's upside is still there, right? He's still growing and still trying to figure out you know his way. Um, he's shown that he could play in multiple roles and, and also he's just under contract for that other year. You can still prove to him, you know, we could get you to resign back and you can run with us. And the Pacers are looking good. You know, they have two, they have one of the best duos I've seen with Malcolm Brogdon and Sabonis. So they've been hooping right now. You yeah. add Kira Savert. They they look solid after they just after they lost TJ Warren. They might I want to see how he fits in there. Right. Mm-hmm. But just on paper, they might be the biggest winner of the trade. Cause y'all mm-hmm. remember the offseason, Victor Depot's like, I want the I want like a max. Yeah, and, and nobody wants to pay Victor Depot a max. He's good still. He averaged in twenty this season, but he ain't worth a max. He ain't all NBA player no more. So they get rid of that possibility of having to be the team that paid them, and they get back Harris Silver, who's on an amazing deal for what he can pre- potentially do. It is the, the little fit thing. We'll see how it works. But like on paper, they might have been the biggest winner to just throw in a guy that they didn't want that they were shopping around anyway, and get back a young guy under contract for three more seasons who's been killing it. It's easy. And then like. It was kind of something that just hit you from left field. I was not expecting Victor to get traded right. at all. And like, then for, and the, no, yeah. could, no, when you add in Karis Avert to that Pacers team, they immediately just look better in a way. Because Karis Avert, he's just – I feel like he has another level. It's just he hasn't reached it. He wasn't going to reach that level in Brooklyn, especially coming off the bench. I want to chill on his another level. I'm hearing a lot of people say that. I, I it, 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 Every player could hit another level, but I maybe – Kira Savert, the things we've seen of him, is like him. I don't want to take his glimpses mm-hmm. and think that he can hit that. Yeah. I think it would have been more suitable if he was with the Rockets that we would get that production. But with the Pacers, he's still a third option. Brogdon is still a priority over him. Sabonis is still a priority over him, and he's third. So, I mean, this isn't like the team where he's going to – because I'm hearing a lot of people say, oh, man, like Dame even tweeted, man, he's about to go off now. And it's like – is he? Because he got so much in his bag that you probably don't see a lot all the time. Because like he's a very good playmaker. He's a guy that can play off the ball. He he's he's on, his ass be holding the whole second unit down. So we see yeah. him do it a lot. Um, yeah. But with that second unit, he is the guy. 
and right now he may turn a little bit more to like he said the third option which would still be fine he could still average seven, uh, uh, 18 as a third option remember he's replacing a 20 point per game sto- scorer who was the third option so there's a little bit room of growth but I understand what he's saying because people have been trying to parallel it to like when Victor Oladipo ended up getting there how he went from a good starter to an all NBA caliber player and I like Harris he's 26 he could end up being that but like I don't think they made this trade thinking, oh, that's our next superstar. They made it just to be like, he fits our timeline a little bit more. He has maybe a little bit more in his bag offensively to VO. He's losing some, they're losing some defensive value that they hope that, that they get back with Malcolm Brogdon. But I, I, again, I still, even saying all of that, I still think that they are probably the biggest winner here because they just, they keep retooling. They just retooled a little bit better. They do it so well. They do it so well. I also feel bad for Jared Allen that he ended up in Cleveland. I, I really say that too, Brooklyn. but Cleveland's Cleveland's got a nice little future. I mean, I don't know about yeah. the city of Cleveland. I don't know. If that's what you're referring to because it's okay. Oh, no, it's like that front court, like drama. It's and, the, hey, drama. Hey, hey drama playing his ass off. Drama need to get. They need to get. They need to trade drama and get they whatever will. they can, bro. That's why it's going to be a win for Allen because they're yeah. in that same situation as Victor Oladipo on the Pacers, where Drummond has a thirty and twenty game like he did last night. But at the same time, Cleveland doesn't want to pay Drummond close to thirty million dollars. They don't right. want to be to do that mm-hmm. so they now are in a position to where even if they can't pop him off and he walks jared allen here right. and even if you do pop him off maybe not for shit kind of how it was when you acquired him for detroit it's, it's like man we can you're still good even if it gets nothing because it's like we have jared allen in the wing and i think yeah. jared allen fits the timeline with colin sexton and darius garland and isaac okoro more than drummond so i i like it for them i think they low-key are still no, in this draft. Like, i mean like the pacers like, Jared Allen's not going to Cleveland and now turning into 15 minutes. They traded him because he fits the timeline with Colin Sexton and them. So he will play a lot of minutes with them. Like and that's what we've all been wanting to see. There are a lot of teams right now that could use a center like Drummond. What makes it difficult is Drummond's making $27 million a year right now on an expiring. But there are a lot. Your fucking team could love Drummond right now after eight weeks of Yusuf Nurkic going down. The, the, the Toronto Raptors could would um, love Drummond right now. The, at the Hornets, could, the Hornets need to throw anything they could, that's but they don't have nothing. Nothing. They don't have really nothing to give I up. I want to be with the Hornets, man. Somehow. Was, don't they have a couple? Oh, a lot of those contracts are gone, right? Two gone, yeah. Mm. Cody he Zell would be the perfect the center team. alongside them. They, they, I do believe that he's going to get traded this this season. If, he, but like he said, if he doesn't and he just walks a free agency, there's no harm done. You gave up two second round picks to get him. He was cool for the team for a year and a half, but now you acquired a center that like Jared Allen is really got. He's really really good. He's about to be an amazing lob threat for those two young guards. So disappointing to all of us when, like, he had to lose his starting spot because of relationships. Like, we know DeAndre Jordan is like a relationship guy with KD and them. And we, I remember last season when we was like, bro, that's bullshit that he finna get fired. Mm -hmm. Who got fired? Oh, Kenny Atkinson got fired. And DeAndre Drummond, I mean, DeAndre Jordan is automatically the starting center. We was like, what the fuck? Yeah, somebody had tweeted, like, um, DeAndre Jordan must be the best friend in the world. For him to get everything that he's getting right now. And it's just a fact. So co- contractually, to make something like this work for Drummond to end up in Charlotte just doesn't make sense for them. They would have to give up Cody Zeller, who's injured right now anyway. I, I can see them throwing in Malik Monk Malik as like Monk. the sweetener without that's, even giving up a pick or so. That's $20 million right there. And I don't know if they'll have any exceptions. So they, they may have to throw in nothing else here like – Nothing else here you throw in, actually. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Even, like, the rotation of guys, you just want to keep those guys. Like, you don't want to trade Miles Bridges or something right. like that. Like, you want to keep him on that team. Yeah, hell no. Not Miles Bridges. Not – I know a lot of the fans out there hate um, the Martin twins. Oh. They be, doing, they, be doing, they be doing They be doing decent, though. They and do be doing the team. Yeah, they be having some crazy posters, too. And they've already used their mid-level exception on one of the Martin twins. So, to, to make that happen – it's kind of rough, but, but it seems out there. Do y'all think that that trade now puts pressure on the East to try to maybe pry Bradley Bill, one of those top teams, to try to pry him from Washington? That would be interesting. I, I think, would. Oh, go ahead, KB. I think he is the next domino, but I don't. Again, why the hell would you do it if you're the Wizards right now? I mean, mm-hmm. I can understand if you're hitting the reset, then sure. But you just traded for Russell Westbrook, so there's really no reset, right? Um, they gonna trade Bill and make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to. I think. I think the most NBA fans want to see Bill out of Washington. Washington fans don't, which under, which I understand, but I think most of them want to see him. And then after that, 
if it's not Bradley Beal getting traded, who's the next player? Um, Zach is Zach Levine. Zach, yeah, Zach Levine. Zach Levine is probably the next bucket getter after Bradley Beal if he's not available that might get traded this this season. That could take a a good Eastern Conference team to a great Eastern Conference team or a great East Conference team to the winner. Here's my theory. Harden didn't go to the 76ers. The 76ers still in position to go get a guy like Zach Levine. If the 76ers get a guy like Zach Levine, I come on, man. I'm the 76ers. We didn't get hard, but I'm on the phone with Zach Levine because Zach, Le- I mean, not on the phone. Exactly. That's tampering. <laughs> uh, but I'm on the phone with the Bulls trying to get Zach Levine because the asking price wouldn't be so much. I wouldn't have, I could probably go get him and not have to give up Ben Simmons. Oh, you yeah. Know? Facts. Well, you won't have to give up your top two guys. Right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think Zach Levine every single day is raising his trade value yeah. for, to, to be the guy, to be, yeah. to be the next guy traded, which, Good thing and a bad thing as a Bulls fan, because I like Zach, Zach Levine a lot, but like I think the I think return so, on him can be solid. Because they kind of had y'all fucked up with some of them trade things I saw. They was like, Thanks. oh, we'll give y'all a second-round pick in Josh Richardson. Like the Mavericks, <laughs> they, they just, just take Zach Levine from y'all. Like, come on now. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do agree with you, Derek. I don't think it's necessarily pressure to get Bradley Beal, but I think it's pressure to get better. I think the Bucks have to try to make some type of move. I think Philly has to try to make some type of move. And I think it's pressure on the entire NBA, if I'm being honest. Uh, the Lakers, they aren't desperate to make a move, but if it comes up, they're going to have to look into it um, because it just makes you feel like you have to get better. You know what I mean? When another team gets significantly better, it puts pressure on everybody to kind of want to get better. Um, it's how they do it, though. Like, how would the Bucks get better? Right. You, you know what I mean? So what, what makes this better for the other teams around the league is the time that it happened. If this trade happened at the deadline, there is no time to scour and try to make a trade, right? So now you can see how these three players react and how they play together, and you can determine, do we really need to go all in? Because there's, let's be honest, there's a world where this doesn't work out. Like, there's a good possibility that this won't work out. So you get to see, what, two and a half months before the trade deadline are these three mm-hmm. playing together, and that'll let the Bucks know, oh, maybe we should go all in or something, or, or not the 76ers, maybe we should go all in. So I think everybody mm-hmm. else lucked out in that sense. Yeah. Or they come out and they really, really good, and you say, "Yeah, maybe we, maybe we should just hold our breaks because we gonna lose regardless." Right. <laughs> no, that's and that's why that two months comes into play because the Nets came out. They came out on fire. Like they were looking like they was damn near going to the finals already. Mm-hmm. Right. Why? Why? So we got to see what they do the first month, and then after that, we got to see do they can keep that up or do they progress or how how is they gonna go throughout the year? I'm putting my money on it that they're gonna be good. I think, oh, hey, I think they're going to be really good, especially in the I think, regular season. I think their talent alone, they they don't have to figure out shit. In the regular no. season, they're going to win games just off the talent. Yeah. The playoffs where it slows down and you need half court set. I think even through the I think even through the East, through the East, it's going to be like that. How it is in in in, uh, in the regular season for them, just because it, it's just no really no game plan. You know, I feel like there is a game plan for all these other teams, but. At the end of the day, KD taking an ISO shot over a lot of people is just a lot a lot better shot than a lot of these other teams are going to get whatever offense they're trying to run through. So That man, Kevin Durant, is like the greatest playoff performer other than LeBron James. That That's man just don't miss in the playoffs. That's why this is going to work is because I think Kevin Durant could play. Like Kyrie Kevin Durant is unguardable. He's literally unguardable. Yeah. Yeah. KD and Kyrie have already played in situations where they didn't have to be necessarily ball dominant. KD would go and stay. Mm-hmm. LeBron controlled the ball with Cleveland. So if all fails, you just let James Harden run the offense and they play off of him. And I think you could still have ball movement in there because they're coached by Steve Nash, who yeah, was over there with the Warriors. You still have Mike D'Antoni. And you're playing with Kevin Durant. You can't hold the ball when Kevin Durant is on the court. You just can't. I don't and, that, and that's why I say it. that ball movement is key. Bro. I, I was just watching Trey Young do this to the other game. But James Harden do the same thing. When you don't got the ball, you, just, just, sit stands, there, you just sit there and float. And that's what I'm saying. Now, now you're playing four on five because you got other ads watching other people's ready. He was up. doing that, but without Kevin Durant and Kyrie, it's 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 easy to do it when PJ Tucker's on your team. It's easy I feel like that's even worse. That's even worse. That's even more. That's even easier to ball watch when it's Kyrie Irving going to work. I mean, you you could be right, but I also feel like you know you if you want to score, you know you can't afford to do that because it's Kevin Durant. So mm-hmm. now I have to put an extra emphasis on trying to mm-hmm. trying to find a way to get that rock. I got to cut to the basket. But that, but I think this is where, but I think this is where KD gonna miss that luxury. People just don't understand. And I'm not saying y'all do. People don't understand that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson they could have got 30 each and they didn't need the ball at all, right? They they had Klay Thompson who went and got 60 off less than 10 dribbles, right? Steph Curry is about as unselfish as it gets. We don't we don't see the same like 
mentality in Kyrie and James Harden. That's something they're going to have to develop or to work on. I don't season. think you have to be that that Clay Thompson and Steph Curry mentality. You don't have to. Yeah, I have to. But I think James and Kyrie did a fine job without either one of them having to be a Clay Thompson while I'm just standing. That that theory is what I think a lot of people don't get. People feel like you have to just be Clay Thompson or ball dominant. There is a fine line where, hey, I can have control the rock too. Shit, we do when we play. You're not a stand in the corner type nigga. I'm not either. But there's a time where, hey, I'm a basketball player, so I'm going to make things work. And I think at the core of all three of these guys, they're basketball players. And I, we just haven't seen James Harden in this type of environment. So a lot of people want to automatically assume certain things. But I'm not going to assume shit. I'm going to assume that he's one of the greatest players, I mean, greatest scores that we've seen mm-hmm. for a reason. And he's going to be able to score in a lot of different ways. And there's going to be times where he can have the ball in his hands and still be the James Harden that we've seen. And it can work. Yeah, he's never been in a situation where he had to defer to someone. Like, huh? He's always been the guy. So yeah, it again. Oh, that's Kevin Durant's team. He knows he has to defer to Kevin Durant sometimes. Oh, and they're gonna also be those guys where they play off each other. Some nights it might be Kyrie night. He might have one of those nights where he's going for forty. You think they're gonna take the ball from him and just not give it to him? No, they're gonna give it that support. Part though, D Mills, as a coach, what do you do when you have those three options? What do you mean? As a, you. you you just let him out. You let him run. You let him figure it out. A game when the shot is what I mean. Up for a game when the shot, you go KD. Or you go, or unless one of them is having a real hot He's night. Like, you go KD. Or you but go even KD, then, you still you go, go KD. KD. Yeah. Yeah. If Kyrie has 42, I'm not wrong for still drawing up a shot for Kevin Durant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. right, but you know how. Um, what what did happen? Didn't that happen with Scottie Pippen and Tony Kukoc? Hey, but oh, maybe, hey, but maybe that, yeah, maybe that works to their advantage though, because now you don't know who the hell the damn ball is going right. to. But that coaching lineup is gonna be amazing with Joe Harris, them three, right. and Jeff Green. Ooh. I want to see the team That's defensively cool. too, though. I want to see how they gonna, gonna, they gonna be one of those teams where they switch everything. Look at Laker fan want to find a flaw to a potential contender. <laughs> see, I want to see the defense. Yeah, you already know yeah, they make it to the final. Who finna who finna guard AD in the finals? James Harden gonna be pissed. He had to pay Shaman for the number that might throw off team chemistry. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that that was shit to James Harden. Man boy. said he wanted honey buns and Rolexes. That 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 was that was the payment. Honey buns and Rolexes. But I understand what Mike is saying. Like against there are some teams out there that they're gonna definitely struggle to guard up on. Um, so I think February eighteenth uh, is when they go against the Lakers for the first time, and I, the whole world will be watching that game. Yeah, the whole world will be watching. That hey, game. just mind that if you hey, if you playing two K and using the Nets because they got KD, James Harden, and Kyrie, are you not good, bro? I'm just letting <laughs> the people know out there now, you're not good. Um, any other things about this trade? Any no, but I'm. Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Let me let me go real quick. I, this is gonna go back to that Victor Oladipo trade too, and go back to what P said. It's gonna be even harder too, cause we we know Victor Oladipo. He wants to go to Miami too on the last year's deal. So even if other teams are trying to trade for them, probably not gonna get much in return. You know, you don't got that same leverage unless he's literally just like balling out this world or something like that that's another team that has to make a move that i didn't mention mm-hmm. they, they, they are in that the bucks philly miami they mm-hmm. they have to try especially to especially with Giannis signing that deal they can man they're gonna have money too like it's, they, it's can, they can definitely make some to work it's super hard, it's hard it's so hard to gauge that team so, you know, especially this season to make a move right now since Who? they're off to this, the raptors since they're off to this really slow start i, I, I wouldn't personally i think they need a uh, center Boucher's been great, but like after Boucher, the other centers, Aaron Baines sucks right now. Alex Lynn can't get PT. They need a rim protecting center, and 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 Boucher gets blocks, but he's definitely not a rim protector. You know what I'm saying? Like there's players out in the league that fits that fit that. Um, they've been they've been looking better and better every game, though I, I, I'll admit as a as a squad. But yeah, two breakdowns recently. He wants to get the Warriors on against the Blazers when they blew those big leads. They yeah. almost did it the other night against Charlotte. Charlotte came back. That game came down to one shot. Well, so so what I would say about that is like going into the season was their objective to be contenders, right? I mean, obviously they're good enough to be a playoff team. We all know that. But like when we were talking before the season started, I don't think any of us had them as contenders. They were going to be like a good team in the Eastern Conference that'll give people some run, similar to what kind of like the Pacers, right? Good team, give some teams to run, but none of us were picking like, oh, this is the year that the Raptors go on. So I think that's what they have to realize and like don't try to trade something ridiculous 
to try to be contenders again. It's just you just won yours. Let your young younger guys develop, and I think you're fine with just being a good playoff team right now. I mean, they have to get I'll, to the playoffs, but yeah, they yeah. have to get first. Right? That's right. why I can let it ride out. I wouldn't try to trade for a center that would make us a playoff team if we aren't going to be a playoff team, because I think they could they could use a lottery pick. Let let Lowry go off to where he needs to go to. If you want to bring him back because that's your guy, bring him back to a lesser deal and then start pushing towards uh, that transition of Fred Van Vliet being your starting point guard, Pascal and him are like your two. And then you, if you can throw a lottery pick in there, that's a, that's a good team. Um, and I forgot, even get forgot OG who's, who might be the biggest one out of them all. OG. And like I said, if you take a pay cut with Kyle Lowry, that gives you some flexibility to go out and try to add the center that you want. Make If it's drum, you can probably get drumming in free agency if you really want know. him. Um, so I, I think I think it could be beneficial. And I know fans, it's tough for them to understand that, but I think it could be beneficial for them having that little drop year, kind of like how the Warriors did. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Warriors, unfortunately, Clay Thompson got hurt. But I think if Clay Thompson was healthy right now, they would have like a little sexy situation going on over there. And I think Toronto can kind of mirror that. We have a down year. It's excusable because they can't play in Toronto. A lot of them in Tampa, their family situations and shit going on different. They're playing in a different arena. It's a real sticky situation for them because of COVID. So just accept this down year and transition. Because I feel like what KB just said, even I forgot OG, but that, that's a nice transition to team to have Fred, Pascal, OG, a lottery pick, flexibility in a free agency market because Kyle Lowry is either going to dip or if he comes back, the contract isn't $30 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could they could be right back in the mix. Yeah. Instead of mortgaging <laughs> some assets to get a center who's going to make you, they're playing from behind, so maybe a seven seed and it's like, oh, six seed, mm-hmm. you know, and you get bounced in the first or second round. It's just like, oh, you know, we could mm-hmm. we could really, you know, took a chance to try because like think about it they get k cunningham on some like lucky stupid and shit all it takes <laughs> is one one little ping pong ball that's it and now you have k cunningham fred van fleet pascal siakam og ananobli and some cap flexibility in this free agency mm-hmm. and now I mean, it's like scary yeah i mean they they they'll be fine i mean they they're still in a chance where like they can obviously make the playoffs this year too and that's okay you know like uh like you said, with the step back this year, they they can like next year by next year if they play their cards right, they could still be one of them teams where we're like you know what they could upset a damn Philly or some shit like that just because you know I think that the 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 also the growth of OG I think Pascal is gonna take another step too. I think him playing basketball again and getting back on their level is gonna help him for the future. Him taking time off basketball is not something that the, the Raptors could have you know in terms of his development because this skill set it needs that that jumper added to it. It needs those handles. It can't just be, you know, all hustle and muscle with him. So I think he's going to need that too. I'm talking about Pascal. You know, he can't, he can't rely on that spin 24. He's going to need another bag. He's going to need another move in his bag. This move is starting to get clamped up a little bit. You got to bring up that spin, man. Got to bring up that spin. I know know players have their go-to moves, but usually they have something else. He legit. He has a spin layup. Spin jumper, spin floater, everything is just a spin move. <laughs> that stuff, it, it happens though. He's, you know, when you're not a natural basketball player and you're working out to I think get, he started playing basketball like 16 or something. Exactly. Right. So he's not really a natural basketball player. So a lot of his moves is just repetition. And I think it's so much repetition in him that mm-hmm. it's just, even if he don't want to do it, he fucking is doing it because yes. it's. That's very easy like, to sometimes do. Sometimes you see it's him cool. doing it like. in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a reaction for him. It's just like it's it's like just in his DNA. I think that's what happens when you're a workout player. Like watch a lot of guys, and you'll be able to see workout players like the like Antonio Blakeney used to be like that with the Bulls. It was certain spots he just had to get to, and whenever he got to it, he was doing jab pull. That's a workout move. It just ah, that I could just tell that that's all he worked on in the summer. So now in the game, it's the only thing he wants to do. Natural basketball players are like Kyrie. When I'm a pump. Jab, you cut me off from behind the back, another step back. It's just I'm a natural basketball player. Some dudes, even Kawhi, there's times that Kawhi's game was very workouty. It works because he's fucking a robot, mm-hmm. but he ain't got no bag bag. He just going to catch you. Yeah, that little shoulder, get that little separation. It's going <laughs> to be money. It's going to be money, too. Though, and it's man. just like real workouty. That's the difference between him and Paul George. Like Kawhi bag is very 
workouty. It's like mm-hmm. Paul George is like pattern players, non-pattern players, like Earl Watson would say. Some guys have like a pattern. Don't don't don't. Some guys can don't 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 don't. And it's just like I'm just going mm-hmm. off beat. I'm just you know what I'm saying. So <sighs> Trey Young, KB. I saw a tweet that said, "What's going on with Trey Young? What's going on with Trey Young, KB?" That man, he just he's lost his confidence. And I was I asked what's going on with Trey Young because I'm watching, but I'm not like intensively watching every single Hawks game. So I was more asking like Hawks fans what's going on in their eyes. A lot of people just saying a slump, 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 which I hope it is. But when I was watching the last two games from them, he doesn't want to shoot the ball. And I, I, a lot of credit to the Utah Jazz last no, night because they put the clamps mm-hmm. on. But like he, it seemed like he wasn't even attempting to get a shot off. You know, mm-hmm. and then and the people were talking about when Steve Nash said um, he's not playing real basketball and Steve Nash is his idol, so that really hurt him. And, and now he's changed up his entire play of basketball. Sure, but, like, it's just he's has lost his confidence. And and I've said this about Trey Young before, of what will tr- take Trey Young from an all-star type of player to, like, a superstar is his ability to play off the ball and his, his off-ball movement. And it's like I think Mike said it earlier. Him and James Harden are the same. If his the ball is not in his hands, he's just standing at the hash. And, uh, yes, he's a good catch-and-shoot player, but, like, Steph Curry is not Steph Curry just because he can catch and shoot. It's the way this man be moving fucking 30 miles a game. Yeah, and Trey Young has the the potential to be that good of an off ball player, but he just doesn't do it. And I think yeah. that's what's gonna elevate him to the next level. Right, like and, and give credit to Utah uh, defense too, because they they were taking the ball out of his hands. They were making sure that other people were doing it. And like you said, it was just an effort wise. Like he didn't try to go get the ball. He was just like, you know what, Cam Reddish, you you come bring it up or you take this shot. And like and like you mentioned, he's literally standing not at the ha- half court. Half court, like so the defense don't even really got to worry about him because even if he do catch the ball, he might have to take maybe a step or something in. Or I mean, the half court, half court shots, I, I can kind of live with it, right? If he's in, especially if he's in a slump, but I, I think it's really just gonna he's gonna need one of those games where he has, you know, another thirty point game where he just hopped from three. It could have been the, the stuff with John Collins. Maybe he feels like you know I do have to change my play style up. But I think at the end of the day, he just has to be a basketball player. This whole team has been disappointed so far. John Collins left ninety million on the on the table, and he's played like ass this season. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's it's only twelve games in, but like that betting on yourself for him so far ain't looking great. Damn, Bogdanovich just fractured his knee. Yeah, Gallinari no, is injured. But we 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 said this. I was one of the people that said I, I'm not so high on this. You know, like they have a nice all season, but I wasn't blown away by thinking this team was automatically penciled in. You know what I mean? Like, they should be a playoff team. And like KB says, it's only 12 games in, so I'm not saying that they mm-hmm. ass or anything. But I'm not – I just was never too high on them. But my reason was because I felt like they had too much. Now they're just not playing good basketball. I, I you know. Um, that that was my thing. And I, I think I was like – I feel like the Hawks team – and I think you called me crazy, P. I was like, they they could be just like that ninth seed. They might just have that little fall-off spot. Because I feel like they – even though they have the talent, they still need to go – there's always a transition to learn how to win. Not just win one game, you have to win throughout the season, mm-hmm. right? You have to take care of the games that you're supposed to. You have to make sure you can you consist even when the shots not falling throughout the season, we're still getting good looks and everything like that. So that's something a young team like the Hawks is gonna have to work on. Luckily for them though, a ninth team would be nice for them because they still mm-hmm. are a talented team who could beat right. whoever yeah. they would have to play in against. But right. uh this is one of the downfalls too of having a guy that you give the keys to early. Trey Young ran the shit since he's gotten there. So him having to adjust to running off screens and, and playing without the ball isn't anything he necessarily has to do because he always has the ball in his hands and that's just been the luxury. Should he work on it and add it to his game and, and, and put that in his in his uh repertoire? Yeah, but I mean it's 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 easier to not do it when you don't have to. You know what I mean? I run this shit. Like that was part of Steph Curry. When he got to Golden State, he didn't run the show automatically. He was playing with Monte Ellis and had to do different things. And even when Clay and other guys came, Steph Curry wasn't like running shit. You know what I mean? He was like their bright spot, but he wasn't like the guy for them. That took I mean, a little bit after. You remember who they bigs was, right? They had David, they had players like David Lee and Andrew Bogle who were really they were decent passes for those big spots. Mm-hmm. And they, so like he could kind of do I'm talking about super early Clay. I mean Steph, like when he was playing with Monte, which is before Bogle oh. got there, to make him kind of have to adjust 
to not having a ball in his hand. I just feel like Atlanta gave Trey the key since day one. And now to all of a sudden be like, hey, play without the ball. It's like. (laughs) But I feel like when he, if he did that, like his threat as a shooter, it could be similar to like that uh, Steph Curry effect where when he's coming uh, off those screens and all that. Oh, without a doubt. Get open. He could do that. Everybody, everybody, we're all aware of that, but I'm just saying it's to put the ball in the keys in somebody's hands from day one and Mm -hmm. now day. And he's developed the bad habits from two years of being on an ass team. Mm-hmm. It's just well, hey, maybe the coach and staff got to sit down with him, show him like, hey, this is what we got to do. You, you, you come off. You- we all are saying it, D-Bell. We just saying that that shit is easier said than done. Yeah. Like, it's easy to tell you. If we never require you to know anything about basketball, you just got to sit on here with us through the wire and not really just say goofy shit. Now all of a sudden, in the fourth year, we're like D-Mills. You got to break down footage. You're gonna be like, why? <laughs> I never had to for the past four years. Now I got to actually know about basketball. And I'm not saying you don't know basketball. I'm just like, an example. Like if we had you play a role for three years, now in the fourth year, your role has to be some super crazy shit. No matter how much we tell you, you have a comfort of just sitting there. You know what I mean? So it's just like, you know, it, I, I, we all know that the conversation should happen. I, it probably is happening, but I just think it's easier said than done. Another thing though with this whole team before we move on, man. Moving forward, especially when it comes playoff time, they might have to just run zone, bro. They have expect Trey Young don't guard nothing, nothing. And it's like even if it's like you try to hide him or something, there's gonna be teams where it's like you can't hide him. He's gonna have to play defense out of Mike Conley or somebody like that. And I mean, I don't know. He he's gonna get lit up, especially if he's that's, not you know producing on the offensive uh, offensive end. That's the clear difference between him and Steph. Is like mm-hmm. even Steph had to get hit at times, and Steph is way bigger and stronger than him. Like he's a he's a lot smaller than I think a lot of people uh, realize. So it's going to be a lot tougher. Cause I Steph, I honestly don't even know if that man is six foot. No, he looks yeah, like he's five. He looks like he's five ten. Yeah, because Steph is still six three, and they was hiding his ass. So mm-hmm. now we talking about five eleven, and we talk about <laughs> the Sixers having Ben Simmons, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, shaking hooks in and fucking. It's not uh, like he's even like effort on defense, right? He's yeah. not. He's he's five. He's five ten, five eleven, and it's also no effort to put that ball down and be. I'm coming to double. <laughs> hey, but through all of that, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, they've been looking really good. They've been like the two bright spots of the team for, for the best part, for the most part. I can see that. I can see that. Um, DeAndre up to sixteen. Cam Reddish and up his PPG. They just look better as individuals. Is there any anything else that's on y'all like radar as far as the NBA goes right now? Boston Celtics, our team is gonna have to make a move too. We just named a lot of Eastern Conference teams and talked about a lot of teams, and I think Boston is in a tricky situation because uh, when everything had like parity for that, that that short amount of time, um, they were a team that was like on paper they were good enough to always have a chance. Now Kimball Walker, his knee. Um, they were trying to kind of trade him in off season, so they know they got to get better. They've always been looking at that center spot to add some uh, some some size and depth to. Uh, I think this put pressure on them to have to kind of make moves and even might make them feel regrettable about not getting a Mouse Turner because I they they kind of can now not even have a chance with a team like the Nets if like they click. <laughs> Especially since Miles Turner looks like defensive player of the year right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they just lost Jason Tatum for 14 days because of COVID. So, like, that's yeah, I, I, that's, I, I can't really right now. That. that's inevitable. Maybe mm-hmm. Brooklyn Nets had to go through it. Everybody might go through it at one point. But I think, like, even later, like, it's just like we haven't seen Kemba at all this year. Yeah. And I have on my fantasy team, I don't know see him yeah i forgot he was even even in the league like it's like you don't really you just don't think about it when i watch the Celtics, i'm not thinking damn they need kimbo right now you know Mm -hmm. they they just been cool am i the only one that feel like a lot of the games don't matter right now i I feel that way me i think me you kind of talked about it for a little bit in the party because you kind of don't see teams at their full strength and you see them going against teams at their full Mm -hmm. so it's just like you can't really gauge how good they are and like Chemistry wise, it's probably not all there because they mm-hmm. missing certain guys. It's in the rotation, so yeah, it is kind of like sometimes like not really worth it. Like that Heat game the other day when they had just Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Right. No, I'm. It'd be really... a fun game, but like yeah, it, it did, but right. it was, 
You can't really gauge the heat off of that because they were missing Jimmy, Bam. But what I was saying in, in one of my videos is like with all of the protocol things, people missing like time, I will be so fucking mad if my team was a six seed and because of protocol stuff, we had to bench six players and now we drop down to the seven seed and now we got to play in the play-in tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the couple games that the Miami Heat have lost because of the protocol could come back and bite them in the ass long term. Yeah, it just could. Hopefully, All Star Weekend helps us because All Star Weekend, nothing is happening. That would be a good time to just have people just be where they need to be, chill out. Um, you know, and even they've had the talks of maybe doing that prior to All Star Weekend. Right. Um, uh, so some stoppage, would, I wouldn't mind it, and then even maybe bringing back the bubble for the playoffs. I wouldn't mind it. No. The, the bubble did a great job against this. That, so that was going to be my idea. protocol, <laughs> really, in the bubble. Yeah, that, that was going to be my idea, because I hate to be like, we we in the playoffs and all of a sudden LeBron has to miss it because, you know, coronavirus or Jokic has to miss LeBron. it. <laughs> I mean, this is the first person that came to mind. But any, any, bro, he ain't getting it. <laughs> For all we know, he already had it. Yeah, they you do the playoff game. There's so many people that could have had it and you wouldn't know. Because, mm. I mean, if I'm LeBron James, I'm not announcing that I had it. It's mm. none of y'all fucking business. It was, a, I mean, it was a report that was like some players have tested positive more than once. Um, mm-hmm. And then I haven't checked up to see if those were like a, the second positive was like a false positive because those happen too. Or people actually recontracting the virus after months of having it, you know. They and, said that it could be that because what a lot of players think is because since they got it, they can't get it back. And they was out there reckless. Right. Because they're in their mind. I already had it. So, yeah, I'm in the club low key. Right, right. Yeah, I'm in a family function just chilling because I'm which is just the stupidest shit ever. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the vaccine plays a part in, into this season. Like, if it becomes Charles Barkley said they need to skip the line. <laughs> Fuck. Talk about, no, oh, but... grandma, watch out. LeBron need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Jeff Smith was like, bro, they're the healthiest people in the world. We not skipping the line. Like, the NBA players are typically the healthiest people in the whole world, bro. Right. We're not going to skip uh, – N- Nana isn't gonna get skipped by fucking healthy ass LeBron James because yeah, you want to be spending a million. Uh, having it is all minor something. I don't even like my motherfucking nice. nigga Charles Barkley said, "Get a thousand of them motherfuckers." <laughs> <laughs> I was actually watching live when he said this shit too, and I'm like, "This shit is about to be everywhere tomorrow, bro." Yeah. It's about to be everywhere tomorrow. I have people that have got the the first. Va- oh, now ba- both vaccines now. Yeah. yeah, my um girlfriend Dana, her grandma works in, uh, you know, hospitals. She's a what do they call them? First, first, whatever. First, um, first responders. First, first responders. Oh my god! I don't know why people. Right, and she yeah. had the double dosage. So, yeah. Okay, the double dose. Yes, sir. Yeah. She cool. She I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Did y'all? Uh, yeah, I know y'all seen Christos Porzingis back. Oh, facts, man. Yeah. He, 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 he's yeah he's been looking really aggressive and I, i've been liking that like i think he played like 25 so he played an odd number amount of minutes but he had like the same amount of shots as minutes played so hopefully he you know his knee is good everything looking good and see but even even that game yesterday right against the bucks i watched it and it was fun but it's hard to gauge anything because the mavericks are missing josh richardson Dorn finney smith maxi kleba that's 50 points per game not even there so it's just like, yes, it was a fun game that the Bucks ended up getting because Chris Middleton is that man. But it's like, it don't matter. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like <laughs> a real, real gauge of the Dallas Mavericks or even a real gauge of the Bucks. I kind of like that, though, because it just keeps everybody on edge. Can't I sleep guess that's true. And it shows some other teams weak as fuck. Some teams be at full strength still playing around with these motherfuckers. Like the, uh, right. like, like the uh, Knicks, right. <laughs> <laughs> right, the cat, the Cavs were missing like six people last night. Shit, <laughs> y'all just lost like five in a row now, Pete. We're not a playoff team. Good, we let's lose yeah. fifty. Okay, Cunningham. I, I don't want to make the playoffs with Julius Randle yeah. and don't get a lottery this pick. This like, is bad. This is the best possible scenario. You got a little glimpse of the younger players looking great, and you can mm-hmm. still have those glimpses in L's. And yeah, Kevin Knox okay. shooting forty-two percent from three. Right. I'm, hey, I'm hey this is. This is why you cannot just give up of like Kevin Knox when y'all got like y'all didn't know that 
Kevin Knox is just probably going to be a nice solid 3 and D type of dude. And if it was, let's, let's relax is though. He, is he D or is he just three? He, he, he right, can shoot, relax. he can shoot and he, he a nice, and like, he, shoot, he, he shoot got a nice range. Right now, he can easily plummet to fucking 31% at the end of the season. Let's, well, I'm like, giving him his credit now, man. We, I, I, on the Lakers, yeah, we got people, also put on the Lakers, we got people shooting crazy too. numbers too. Yes, where he was yeah. drafted matters. Hey, hey, man. What he was wearing on draft night matters. <laughs> since you like his, since you like his ass so much, give us shooter, we'll give you him. Exactly. No. What the fuck I thought. Hey, Julius Randle could be one of those guys. Julius Randle could be one of those guys y'all flip at the deadline. For what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 what I would say about that is that, like, I don't know if he has that much trade value. Because if exactly. you're trading for Julius Randle, you're not bringing him in like, okay, it's your show. Because that's what it is on the Knicks. It's his exactly. show. I don't know if the Bucks trade for him and he turned into the Giannis role. You know what I'm saying? So he's good, <laughs> he but. And all of that means we would get nothing back. So we might as well just walk it out, walk it out, walk it out, walk it out. Walk it out. I didn't know that Kevin Knox shot 32% from three last season. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> hey, get off my man. Hey, Denzel, let's see what Denzel Valentine did. Please do. Denzel always a knockdown shooter. He don't do nothing else. Why, why he? One <laughs> thing Kevin Knox ain't never did was getting our best player away when he was trying to get the game when it shot off. <laughs> Hey, um, <laughs> yeah, time walking all fat and shit. Yeah, the Bulls, the Bulls suck too. That's fine. That's okay. Denzel Valentine shot thirty three percent from three last year. Oh, did he? What did he shoot the year before that? Thirty eight. Okay, yeah, 39. that makes that makes more sense. Yeah, and then this year, I think he's shooting like forty percent. He's shooting thirty nine. Hey, let them games keep going out, man. I'm going to drop. I'm going to drop. Yeah. One of those guys, I just I enjoy having him on the court. He never seems like he does anything wrong. Oh. Offensively, at least. Oh, seems like he's cool. Well, he's right. in the corner. That's why Derek, <laughs> that's why Derek always say the crazy shit is because he speak on shit when he don't be watching. <laughs> I love the, I like Denzel offensively. He's, he's decent passer. Yeah. He shoots the ball. Like, I like him offensively. He cool, but, but he ain't nobody that I'm but, picking But you always – this is what you be doing, Derek. You will say something, and then somebody be like, wait, oh, what, what? And then you will, like, retract your statement a little bit. you like, I don't never mind him on the court. And I'm like, what? Because you know that defense is ass. And then you say offensively. Offensively. <laughs> yeah, you're going to walk that shit back. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually surprised that they kept him around because they threw him a qualifying offer to keep to keep him on the team this year. And I was like, that's a bit that's So a what's your favorite game. part of his game, D-Mills? Uh, this is shooting, honestly, and playmaking. I like his, I, remember, I like his bench celebrations. Personally. But I remember one game I was watching him. He had, he kept getting like he had like hit like three or four floaters, bro. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's in his bag, and that's what he be doing. He's, I like his playmaking better than anything. He's very slow with it, Mike. So he'll end up getting that defender on his ass, and then getting a little floater up. Yeah, there's there's some bright spots in this offense, but he's also like 28 years old. That, pe- that people forget that they be thinking that he got another step. He's like 28. He's fine. that's what people be forgetting about Karis Avert. Like Karis Avert is two years younger than Victor Oladipo. I know it seems like Victor Oladipo was 17 years older than him, mm-hmm. but <laughs> they grew up together. Fuck right. you, uh, they not that far apart. But uh, Denzel Valentine, like no funny shit. He plays like he's fat when he's yeah. not. Yeah. Like he walks and shit. Like yeah. I don't get it. And you know another <laughs> funny thing. I'm going to pull up before we end up in this episode. I'm going to go to my YouTube right now. And this is my YouTube history. And y'all can see the la- one of the last things I watched this morning. Was a I can't Denzel even see Valentine. it. It was a Denzel Valentine music video. Ooh. <laughs> I literally watched it this morning. What would that, that text say? Oh, never mind. Never mind, never mind. All I'm going to say is bogus is a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we got the most musically talented players in Chicago right now. Don't sleep. I thought I thought Denzel Valentine was gonna be a little like Evan Turner type player. That's why I'd be disappointed in him. He has some of the same type of versatility. He's a little smaller, but uh, he's a he was a very high IQ guy at Michigan State. So I thought he was gonna be able to. But it's still some time. He's, that, he, that's the uh, the epitome the the meaning of a guard forming John Paxson pick. He's like a three to four year college player. Doug McDermott. Doug McDermott. They just fucking <laughs> love those dudes. I don't, understand, <laughs> I don't understand. Let me get a guy that's already old enough to drink. <laughs> like, I just oh, I never understood that. He's old enough to fucking 
The man been in the league for four years. Like I said, he's like 28 years old. (laughs) He came into the draft old as hell. Yeah, they be drafted players that got full families. (laughs) (laughs) Three kids already. Shout out to Denzel, though, man. Who else did they draft that was like that? They got Chris Duhon, Denzel, Luol Dane. No, Luol Dane was was, Um, Doug McDermott. Um, I think those are the ones that matter the most. Joe Kim was a four-year player, three- or four-year player with the mm-hmm. Florida Gators. He was a winner, though. Bonafide. Bonafide winner. Hey. Oh, hey, hey shouts out to Cat, man. Not shout out, but prayers out to Cat. I'm yeah, praying man. for you, man. The worst thing that could have happened, bro. Yeah. Um, he's going to be okay, but I know the anxiety that comes with that for him and his family mm-hmm. is tough. Yeah. So, definitely prayers up to him, but he's going to be okay. That's Cat. I know you got a cat. Um, hey, Derek, what happens when the times get tough? Uh, going. There we go, my boy. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all watching this episode of the Through the White Pod or listening. Um, shout out to Derek Rose. Man, that nice. If you um, if you listening, be sure to rate us five stars. We trying on twenty twenty one. We're trying to get up those charts. We don't really ask for stuff like that often. But 2021 is our goal. Uh, so if you got to this point, you had to fucking enjoy it. It was an hour long. So give us five stars, please. Leave a like on the video. And we'll we all been working out. We all been working out because we trying to climb the charts. Oh. Yeah. I thought you meant like literally. Do <laughs> uh, you eat your salad today, KB? Bro, it's 10 o'clock. You ate your salad in the morning before I seen it? No, I don't. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> we eat salads for breakfast. Right, exactly. What is he talking hey, about? Eat your salad today, man. Always. <laughs>